five, four, three. What up, though? Welcome to a new episode of Don't Blame Me, Blame Detroit with your boy Brandon Jordan. And today, only got one thing that starts the show off up top. Um, I will have new merchandise coming soon, everybody. New t-shirts are coming soon. That's what I'm working on. And there will be different colorways this time instead of just the all black and white. We will have um, red, gray, and I think navy blue. But definitely red and gray. So that will be coming soon. And as soon as it is, I will have that on Instagram and Facebook and talk about it on the podcast when it's ready to drop. So today I'm about to introduce my guest. This right here is the uh, Ageless Beauty. (laughs) Uh, Coming from the east side of Detroit, a King High School graduate. (laughs) She has been on Revolt TV comedy series, Funny as Fuck. She was in Fall from Grace. I got the hookup too. My Girlfriend is Black TV series and the Black Roots. So, I want y'all to put a good welcome, good Detroit welcome, man, for one of Detroit's own, Keisha E. What's up, <laughs> what How you doing? I'm good. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm great. How's uh, how the trip been so far? Um, It's been good. I just got a chance to catch up with my family and friends. Um, Probably been doing the most, considering we still in the middle of a pandemic. But yeah. um, other than that, everything's been good. It's good, man. Um, so I want to, I want to ask you, like, for you, like, what is some of the differences from Detroit versus LA? Man, it's a lot of differences. Um, I would say mainly the people. It's mm-hmm. very, very different in LA. You gotta, you gotta really find that group, which I was blessed to find. Um, because you just got... You have a lot of people that come to L.A. and try to be this thing that they think they're supposed to. It's not even L.A. natives. It gives L.A. people a bad name because I've met very few. You you rarely meet people who are actually from L.A. The first question mm-hmm. is usually, where are you from? But the ones I have met, super cool. It's people that come from other places and try to put on this thing. And then when you're in the industry, you're around, like, you're in that Hollywood circle. So you have a lot of people that act a certain way or it's all about this status thing. It's, it's just... It's a lot. People are different. In Detroit, most people are just down to earth. We just cool. What you see is what you get. Um, the dudes are very different. Very, 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 very different. Um, the dudes in LA, I think it's just me being from Detroit. Because I got homegirls from other places. And they like the dudes out there. But I think being from Detroit is kind of a gift and a curse when you move. Because... You just don't find dudes like Detroit dudes. Um, dudes in LA are very feminine. Like, they expect you to get the door, buy the drink, um, shoot your shot. Like, it's just it's just different. Dudes in LA are different. Um, I find that it's more, it feels like there's more opportunity in LA. On the plus side, I'll say that. The weather is, of course, amazing. Um, so you can't complain about that. Um, traffic, day-to-day stuff is, is more difficult in LA than it is Detroit getting around just little things like that cost of living of course is astronomical in LA versus Detroit um you get a house for $7.50 in Detroit don't come from my city but outside of like even if you outside of Detroit a lot of people have moved outside of Detroit so outside of the city still you get a nice crib for like $150,000 $200,000 
$200,000 in LA is going to get you a two-bedroom apartment. Like, you're not going to get anything for $200,000. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So when you think about buying a house, it's so much, it's so different in LA than it is in Detroit. Yeah, you can go, you can easily end up spending close to a million dollars in LA and be in the hood still. Just yeah. in the house. You know, and, and you write yeah. about the, you know, people put on a persona because it's like, I can just be with other comedians and it just seem like they're still putting on a, you know, saying a front, you know, putting on a, a act. And I'm looking yeah. like, dog, I'm not a casting director. I don't director. hang with a lot of comedians. I'm like, I'm not a casting director, bro. Like, I'm just, yeah. we just sitting here kicking it, man. You ain't got to put Everybody's on a Everybody's trying to like one up the next person. It's like, yo, we all funny. We get it. I see you on stage. Right now, we just having the conversation. Can we yeah. just have a regular conversation? Actors do the same thing. Actors, you hang out with actors. I'm like, y'all irritating, bro. Like, chill. We're not on stage right now. Everybody is, they want to be a thespian 24. It's like, turn it off for a minute. We see you. We see you. Every, it's like everybody in LA is trying to be seen, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's one of the, uh, well, that's one of the things about social media that has been, a, it's a positive, it's a negative. But one of the things that for me that's been a negative is that I feel like in this era, Trying to be a celebrity is like an all-time high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you have girls on social media now that's, you know, half naked to naked just to get Doing followers, anything. just to become Instagram famous. You know? Doing anything. And it hurts my heart when they post a half-naked picture and get, like, 15 likes. I'm like, that just hurts. <laughs> like, that just... <laughs> like... Girl, stop. Like, you better, you got to at least get a thousand, you know what I mean, to, to make it worth it or something. And Everybody's got- chasing fame, and that's that's the wrong thing. Even in this industry, like I do it because I love the craft. I do it because it's what I enjoy doing. Um, I don't even want the fame. I don't want people in my business. I don't want to not be able to walk out my door by myself. I gotta have security. I don't. I don't want all of that. But everybody nowadays is chasing this fame, which social media, Instagram is making it seem like it comes easy, and one, it's not. Um, to really put in the work and really be good at it. And, and two, it just gives this false sense of like what success is or everybody has this goal now to be, you know, an Insta celebrity or whatever. And I'm not sure what that gets you, but it, and, and so now you have, like you said, people doing any and everything, but naked, just doing the dumbest things. Like when all of those stupid challenges was out, one was like, I think you're supposed to set, set your part of your body on fire, your friend yeah, on fire. Like, yeah, something stupid. That. And people really getting hurt doing these dumb things trying to get likes and views. Yeah, you got people out here risking their life and in, in, in a freedom just to become yeah. popular on Instagram. Out here doing things against the, you know saying, out here stealing stuff or getting, you know saying, uh, doing these crazy pranks just to get, just to be popular, man. And, mm-hmm. and but, do you, but do you feel like it's, because I feel like in certain instances, it does. But do you feel like some of these people, you know, um, are hurting the people that that have real talent that are not getting the type of recognition they should because of a lot of the things on social media? Um, I, I feel like short term, a little. Like, it depends. I think that in terms of, like, you mean, like, the Insta-famous people? Yeah. Like, the people... So I think that when it comes to... And this is no shade, but like low budget indie films. Mm-hmm. So if you have an indie film, you don't have a big budget and you need investors, you need, you know, producers, executive producers, people to put their money in. They want to know they're going to get their money back. And a lot of them aren't willing to take a risk on a, 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 a no named actor, if you will, a new actor, um, 
because a we don't know you as a director or we don't know or the story isn't you know necessarily the best or it's not backed by a big studio so we're not sure that we're gonna get our money back so what they do is go and get an instagram person who has a million followers because they figure a that's free promotion if we can get just half of their followers to tune in just to watch them then we know that we'll get the views versus going with somebody who's actually a talented actor who could play the role but we don't know and we can't we can't show this person to the producers and notes to tell them they'll get their money back on it so they'll do stuff like that and that person will get the role so short term for for things like that i say yes ish long term you don't have talent it's not gonna you're not gonna sustain it and when it comes to um major networks like i met with an executive one time at um nbc she's mm-hmm. a talent exec and she was at a comedy show i did and she after the show was just talking to me she's like oh, i want to meet with you i want to talk to you i want to know more about you know your career what you're trying to do i want to help you out and she was basically saying like i don't care if a person has one follower on instagram i don't care if you don't have instagram at all she's like can you act so i think it just depends on the production for a lot of um Particularly for us, for black people, for black projects, I would say so, because a lot of times they're just trying to get a quick name or, like I said, if it's a low budget. Um, but I think it depends on the production. It depends on, like, the network. When I think it comes to major motion pictures and when it comes to major networks, they're not going for just the who's the insta-famous person. So I, I think that you have to really, like, I know people who really get mad about it, but I think you just got to. You just got to focus on you. You know what I mean? Whatever that person, whatever comes to them, cool, great, happy for them. Um, but I know what my goal is because people have reached out to me about doing skits. And I'm like, that's not my thing. And that's not my goal. And that's not what I want to do. Granted, yeah, it can give me some more followers. It can bring some more attention to my name. But it's it's not in the way that I want it. So I'm going to focus on crafts. I'll, I'll take that time and invest it in another class so I can be stronger in, in something else. Um, and just know that my time is coming and what's for me is for me. Yeah, because um, it was crazy. I think I talked about this before on the past episode, but do you know uh, Moolah Films? Yeah. After it's uh, it's well one of the it's one of the film companies in Detroit. They do a lot of the you okay. know saying local films and stuff like that. Um, and they did a film. One of my it actually was quite funny for me. It is crazy because when I uh, show it to some of my people that's not from Detroit, they don't understand the whole lingo about it. But he did a movie called okay. Buffed Up. Uh-huh. Uh, Buffed Up. I've heard of the movie, okay. Yeah, okay. and they had, you know, a lot of the local people um, in it and stuff like that. But this is one that come years ago I almost tried to sell a script to. But when mm-hmm. I tried to sell the script to, one of my things was is that I wanted to have some say-so in the casting. And they didn't, okay. they didn't want that. They was, yeah. you know, because... I was like, man, I wrote this film and I know certain people that can deliver the words that I wrote. Yeah. I just didn't want them getting just, you know, because at the time, all they was doing was getting the local famous people, the strippers yeah. and wherever the local rappers was. And they thought yeah. them in a the movie, even if they couldn't act or not. And I was like, yeah. no, nah, I'm good on that. You know, I, I, I want yeah. some people that I know that can really deliver and bring out what I wrote on this paper. And, um... They didn't like that. And so I feel that, you know, they, you know, a lot of these, especially smaller companies is basically, you know, they try to get that cool dollar. So if they can get whoever they feel like can bring somebody out quickly, that's what they're going to roll yeah. with. Yeah. And that's, you know, and, and that's not how I wanted to roll. Cause that was one of my 
favorite scripts that I wrote. And I said, well, if I can't get it off now, I'm going to sit on it and, and, and try to bring it out later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you definitely want quality. Like you, you want to have quality in your work. So, cause, it, cause what'll happen is it'll bring people out to watch it because they want to see this person that they follow, but then they're disappointed afterwards. So now you got a bad review, like this movie's trash, that movie's terrible. Mm-hmm. And then it hurts you in the long run and trying to get money for another movie. You know what I mean? That's what ends up happening. I feel like a lot of times with black films, um, that happens a lot where people are scared to take a chance on it because of certain movies that have been produced and put out and they just weren't good movies, but they may have had a, you know, Insta famous person or a reality, you know, somebody that was on reality TV or something like that to try and sell it. Um, but then it's not good. And then it's like, well, what happens the next time around when you try and get another put out or just another young black director or producer, somebody coming up trying to get a movie put out. Um, I was just on, I was on, uh, Instagram, it was a couple of days ago, and do you know her, her name on Instagram is called That Chick Angel? Nope. Okay. So, it was a comment on there, it was for, uh, who, I think it was BT, who, uh, did a Zoom, but, uh, to hear, BT Kings, yeah, to hear, to hear was on it, and it was a couple other people, I need to look it up, but, Basically, she and this girl was on there called That Chick Angle. And her, she said on there that she feels that Love Jones is a terrible love story. Mm. How you feel about that? Because uh, I disagree all top. I think that, wow. Because um, that's one of my favorites of all time. I disagree to an extent. I do feel like. People go, I might, I might have some hate mail for this. I do feel like, and I think maybe because I watched Love Jones later in life, I never saw it when it first came out. Mm-hmm. I probably watched Love Jones for the first time, I don't know, maybe like six, seven years ago. Um, I think that it was a great movie. I love the cinematography. I think that the story was good. I think that we do, we, we did, we've hyped Love Jones up a little bit more than what it really is when you really just look at like the story and um I think the characters are great and I think the acting was good Mm -hmm. um I think the storyline could have been a little bit deeper you know what I mean but um I definitely wouldn't say it was a terrible movie or a terrible love story whatsoever now it ain't a love in basketball but it's definitely up there so so you put a love in basketball as your your top um top love story yeah what what is your top one of the, or uh, what you feel like is your top? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, you have to let me think on that. I'm gonna have to come back to that. For now, for now, I'm definitely gonna say because I actually watched Love and Basketball um, on the plane when I just came back mm-hmm. that last time to LA from Detroit, which we gotta talk and, about too. Uh, huh? Which we got we gonna talk about that too. Yeah, I, I watched it and um. Every time Quincy dunk on her, like it just hurt, it just hurts me. Like as if I don't know he's gonna say double or nothing, but it hurts so bad. Like and, and anytime I can still feel like that about a movie that came out so long ago, it's, it's I, I gotta say it probably is my number one. I'm gonna think on that a little bit more and see if there's another one that comes to mind. But yeah, 
I might have to agree with you with the love and basketball. And just how their how their story evolved. That was the thing with Love Jones. I felt like we never. I, I would have loved to seen another part of it because I felt like we never really got a chance to see it happened so fast. That's when you think about that storyline. It happened so fast, and we never got a chance to see the love evolve. On Love and Basketball, they went from being kids to like. You know, oh, you my little girlfriend, and then they fall out, and then they go to high school, and clearly, you can tell he still has feelings for her, even mm-hmm. how he was talking to her, and you know how because my dudes don't know how to express themselves, he like talking to her any kind of way, but he got feelings for her, and she was kind of like the tomboy, she wasn't really, you know, prissy and prepped, and then they go to the the dance, and he like, oh shit, you know, and then they start dating, and then they fall off, and then they get like that, it, it evolved, and it has so many layers to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then their love for the game and how she didn't want to play no more because he was like, oh my gosh. Yes. So, okay. So it's a part in the movie to this day that I really 100% still don't understand. What part is that? The part is when they're in college. Uh-huh. And they, and so he gets upset. They end up when they broke up. And he uh-huh. gets upset with her because she wouldn't break curfew. Right. I still don't understand. I understand that he was upset at the time and he wanted her comfort. But uh-huh. if he understands, he understands the love that they both have for the game uh-huh. and that, you know, saying the situation in, why was he so upset that she wouldn't break her for you? Well, I think, I mean, like, I, I felt what she I was felt saying. I felt that like, was so selfish. Yeah, I felt what she was saying. Like of all people, you should understand. So he, I def, I think he definitely understood the concept of it. I think Quincy was more of a rebel. So like, if the shoe was on the other foot, I asked myself, like, he may have actually broke curfew for her, but he also had a little more leverage. Like she was a freshman coming in, and even though she was a good basketball player, she barely made the squad. Mm-hmm. His daddy was in the NBA, and they've been checking for you probably since middle school. So. If the shoe was on the other foot and he broke curfew for her, he probably would have still started the next game, or you know. So I think that he, I think part of it was him being a little selfish. I think a lot of it was just that he was really going through. And sometimes, um, when you have when you have something going on, you don't want to, you don't, you just don't want to understand that this person has to leave when you know, like that. His whole world was shattered at that point. You find out your daddy cheated on your mama, your parents get a divorce, like you know everything that you believed in in this man and your father. But you found out was just like a lie. Even though you know she has a curfew, like, especially for dudes, y'all hella, like, y'all super sensitive on the low. So he really needed her in that moment and was a little too selfish to understand that she had to go. And also, I think his mind frame, if the shoe was on the other foot, he probably would have broke curfew for her, but he had the, he had leverage to do that. So I think that that's, it was just him kind of being immature. And then that just spiraled into, you know, now he drinking and at the party acting stupid and then he go take baby girl to Burger King you know and it just kind of got out of hand yeah because I was at that that part right there I was oh never I was like what is you so upset about it was but yeah that that makes a little bit more sense though now in my top five loves loves uh love movies I have baby boy in my top five I've never seen baby boy oh my god yeah. So, you, uh, did you not just hear me say I watched Love Jones like seven years ago? So, no, I, no, I, I, but you watched it. But the fact that you never went and watched Baby Boy is a problem. Yeah, I've never, I've never seen Baby Boy. It's on my list. It's on my list amongst a, a lot of things. So, what, what, else, is, what else is on your list? Um, I mean, I guess we can start at the color purple and we can work our way down through. Gosh, um, 
Poetic Justice. Um, what's the one with Jada Pickett and um, Pinkett and um, God, Jason's Lyric. Um, what else haven't I seen? Have I seen did watch it? Coming to America. I have scratched that off. Have you seen Set It Off? I've seen Set It Off. Okay. I, mean, I, just, um, I gotta see if you've seen my favorite movie of all time. Have you seen Paid in Full? Yeah, I've seen Painful. Okay. Yeah. Painful, Belly, State Property. Like, I've seen those. Oh. <laughs> but um, the quote-unquote black classics, mm-hmm. you ain't black if you ain't seen this. Uh-huh. Yeah, I probably ain't seen none of them. Wow. So, yeah. let me ask, so how do you, let me ask you, so how do you deal with being, you know, being in your 30s, but still being mm-hmm. able to play somebody that's a, a senior in high school? Um, it's a blessing. Both, it's a catch twenty two. Both on hmm. screen and off screen. You said what? Be it, I'm talking about in the acting world and in your regular life. Oh, <laughs> um, in the acting world, it's it's a blessing in the hand in the sense that it automatically gives you longevity. It's hard because you have to then think like somebody much younger than you. I remember when I first moved to LA back when, like, High School, high school Musical was popping, mm-hmm. and this um, production company had this play, and I auditioned for it, I got the part, and then rehearsal was such, it was torture, because I'm in here with literal kids, and this girl was like, oh my god, you're just so mature, she's like, you never talked to us, and I'm like, girl, you over here talking about this little boy, who is not, you just don't know, he's not even gonna be your boyfriend after high school, like, so... It was hard. They were like, where are your parents? Like, we have to talk to them and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I'm 25 years old. So I had to think, like, because in it. You're like, I got to rent a car, no, dude. Right. I'm like, I have other things in my mind right now. But you have to think like somebody who is 17 or 18. And the way that they would respond to something versus the way I would respond at 37 is completely different. Um, Even sometimes with your voice, I have to... um, kind of bring it down a little bit um so it's a it's a it's a little challenging and it's not necessarily there are certain roles that I would want to play and certain things that I would want to become and not necessarily that um it's a blessing though in a sense like I said that it does give you longevity I'm at a point now where I'm having a hard time because I go in for things and my my the essence of who I am when I walk in the room is it's youthful, it's playful, it's light, it's funny. Um, my look is a lot younger than my actual age. Mm-hmm. Certain roles I go in for, and they're like, ah, she just looks too young. Or, um, yeah, I'm just I don't know. I'm at that that point now where a lot of the auditions I've been having lately is like I'm not necessarily getting caught in for like high school anymore. But I feel like they, I don't know, it's, it's, it's weird. I can't explain it. It's almost like I have this maturity that people can sense. Because even in real life, people try to guess my age. They're like, uh, she looks like this, but her, her conversation feels a little more like, you know. Um, so sometimes I go in and it's like, her look is young. She kind of feels mature. At the same time, her essence is very fresh and youthful. I've gone in for stuff and on the spot they're like, they see my face, like my headshot, and I look like my headshot, but my headshot just gives you a different feel. Mm-hmm. And then I come in, and they feel me as a person. They're like, 
nah, let me see you read for this role instead. And if the character would be much younger, it would be something different. You know, like, I may have gone in for, like, a doctor, and they're like, nah, let me see you read for this. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of, it's a good and a bad thing. You just got to find that pocket. You got to find that, that space. Um, in real life, um, in real life, it's just, I mean, most people just think I'm much younger than I am. And so conversations, I was on Fox Soul last night and we were having a conversation I I about, some, um, I caught some first, of it. Hmm. I caught some of it last night. Oh, you caught some of it? Yeah. yeah. We were talking about the versus battle, and they were saying, like, how Chris Brown doesn't want to battle Usher. And it was like, what's the dig at him? And he was like, it's, it's Chris Brown versus Chris Breezy. And I was like, it might have been a slight dig, but also I think we don't let Chris Brown live. Anything that boy do, we do not let it go. That boy, and he probably just don't want the drama. If he win, if he lose, people going to have something to say. And I was like, yeah. but honestly, I think he could probably, it'll be a tough one. He might be able to take Usher. And they was like, oh, no, the youngin, da, da, da. And I'm like, no, I'm not a youngin. Like, I'm Usher's age. <laughs> but I, I'm very familiar with Usher's music and his catalog. But also, let's not sleep on Chris Brown. So, like, people, you know, they think that I'm a lot younger. And so certain conversations, um, you know, people just assume, like, oh, how old is she? Or um, or people are thrown back because they're like, wait, she kind of, she must be young with an old soul. Um, or I get approached by guys that are, like, 18, 19. I'm like, baby, I'm old enough to be your mom. Like, one guy literally was like, no, you're not, unless you're such and such age. And I was like, I am. And come to find out, we keep talking. Me and his mama's birthday is two days apart. I'm two days older than his mom. So it's like that kind of thing. Now, I'm I'm on the, see, now when I first seen the uh, headline about the Chris Brown stuff, I'm on the Chris Brown team. Yeah. I think now I might have to, now, and I, I know I've been around for Usher his whole career. I might be miseducated or just being dumb, <laughs> but I can't think of twenty Chris uh, twenty hidden Usher songs. I just can't. I mean, I think it would be a tight race because Usher. I mean, Confessions alone, he got a few, and then even before Confessions, um, and I might have the titles wrong, but you make me wanna. The, the one I would, like yeah. he got a few um I think my, I, know my I, I think way. it would be a tight race but, but I, I think Chris could probably take it I think it's just something about Chris music and just his and I know it's not about a it's not a talent battle they're not necessarily dancing or anything but um cause on that tip I think Chris definitely would take Usher cause I cause if I'm not if I'm if I'm uh right the last two albums Chris dropped, they both got like 40 tracks on them. And mm. I know the last one, for a fact, I played it on driving. I think I was driving to Vegas. And I played it, and not one time I skipped a song. Yeah, yeah. On this last one, on um, I think this might be his last one. Um, damn, what is the name of it? The one with the purple? The, the, yeah, the one the with car. no guidance on it. With... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, there's a there's a few tracks on there I'm not necessarily like. Yeah, of course, but, of course, some songs where you like, uh, but it was nothing. Now, like, man, I got let me just skip this. Yeah, it was like, I but I mean, like hit for hit. I think it'll be a tight race. I think Chris could could, could probably take him, but Usher, Usher definitely got and got some hits in his arsenal. Sure. Now, did you watch the DMX and Snoop? I only caught a bit of it, a little bit of it. Um, Because, you know, I haven't been watching the verses at all. Like, Mm -hmm. the only verses I saw 
I saw pieces of the Teddy Riley and uh, Babyface just because so many people were posting. I've never actually watched a versus myself though. Like I never watch it live because that's just too long for me. Uh, just yeah, that's just too long for for me to sit for two hours. My attention span is not going to be that long. So <laughs> I usually catch it uh, the next day when it's, when they when somebody posted on YouTube the full thing whatever. Yeah. So I watched it and. It was a lot closer than I thought. Going yeah. in, I thought Snoop was just going to, you know, watch them. I thought maybe the first eight songs, but DMX, but Snoop didn't play a certain a couple certain tracks, which I yeah. thought he was going to play, which kept it a little closer than what it was. But it also gave me a chance to go back to, to be like, because I am a DMX fan. So it got me to go back and like, damn, DMX did okay. DMX did have people were sleeping on X though. People was thinking like X can't. I'm like y'all coming, y'all sleeping on him. But the funniest thing about watching it was it showed you how much DMX got old quick as hell. Though. Man, first of all, I didn't know DMX was fat. I said, when <laughs> did this happen? Because he been a buck fifty my whole life. As far as I, when did DMX like he was out of breath? He was winded. I was like. Uh-huh. What is happening here? What I need to understand. And Did Snoop, that happen yesterday? And I said, Snoop, sixty years old, he's still moving. Like he was still hey. moving around, like he was twenty five. I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna tell you what that is. What? That's that good black woman in Snoop's life. That's what that is. Or is it the multiple good black women in his life? <laughs> that ain't none of my business. I don't know nothing about that. I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> Oh man! You see, because I watched um, LL Cool J was uh, he was on I think Complex. Mm-hmm. Got that good black woman in his life. But go ahead. I think he was on Complex, or or I did I watch him on wasn't a uh, the Breakfast Club. But he was his his thing was he said, "Hey, I'd rather see DMX fat than skinny any day." He said, "That's how I know he ain't on that stuff." I mean, is it? I don't know. Somebody did say that. Somebody said he was in rehab, and I guess it causes you to gain weight. But I'm like, wasn't he drinking? Because when you're in rehab, can you still drink alcohol? Uh, I don't think you can. It just but feels like that. I, I don't know if he, in, I know he was in rehab, but I don't know if he's currently in rehab. Oh. that's. I don't think he's currently in rehab, but he was in rehab, though, for, you know, for that shit. But, uh, yeah. But, uh, but I'm glad. But if you was, but if you was to see your idea versus battle, what artist would you want? Hmm. Who would I want to see in the versus? I'm here for the GZTI. Um. Damn, I never thought about that one. Yeah, I'm definitely for the GZTI versus. Uh. I would want to see. I, I, you know, I would want to see Mary, but I don't even know who she could go against. Like, I don't think there's anybody out there that could really go against Mary. Um, maybe like Beyonce. I don't know. Nah. Um. Wow. I would think about that. I would, would, would want to see Nas against somebody, but again, I don't know who he could go against. I feel like yeah. the obvious or or the only it would probably be Jay, but. I would love to see Fab go against somebody. Um, Fab just went against somebody. Oh, he did? See, I told you I watched the verses. Fab and Jada Kiss went against each other. 
You went against Jada? Really? Yeah, and I'm surprised you didn't see that because it was a lot of memes on that because he got washed on it. And the reason he got washed was because, and I'm a huge Fabulous fan. Like, Fabulous is in my top. I love Fab and Jada. Like, Fab is in my top five favorite rappers ever for me. But (laughs) he got washed because he played none of the of his top hit songs. Like, he only played a handful of them. He left so many songs on the table that it was baffling that he didn't play. He didn't and 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 that's the reason why he got watched. And Jada and Jada kept playing like his and Jada uh, kept playing hit after hit after hit. He yeah. even gave yeah. Kiss. He even gave Fabulous a couple chances to you know beat him on some tracks because he played some freestyles and some stuff that people reading you know the general audience wouldn't know to yeah. give him a chance to like okay well now you can go ahead and play one of your hits and he played some off the wall stuff and we like. Fab, what did you do? You got to go back and watch that. That's interesting. Maybe, yeah, maybe I'll try and pull that one up because I didn't know. I didn't know they did one. Yeah, that was, that was like, I think, 4th of July week. They okay. went against each okay. other. 4th of July week, they went against each other. But I would love, you know, of course, I would love to see Jay-Z go against somebody. But the problem is, is I don't know who he could go against. And I know LL called him out. LL said, you know, he asked for Jay to come out the house and, you know, go against him. But I don't know nobody. Mm-hmm. Only person, I, I think I told you this before, the only person I see him going against is because of the longevity and the hits that he has was Snoop Dogg. But mm-hmm. I, after that, I'm trying to think of somebody else that Jay-Z could go against that would be, you know, saying a comparable battle. Versus, because um, the only the only person that I would say would be Nas, but I feel like their music is so different that people. I feel like people would automatically choose Jay Z just because his his a lot of his hits are more upbeat. Like Nas don't make the club record. Nas yeah. got to go against somebody like a Kendrick or somebody somebody who has music that makes you think that's actually talking about something. Um, so as far as for. Jay Z. Only person I'm thinking that's just, just if he was still alive, Biggie. But I mean, he don't have, he, don't have he, could go, he could go against Pop if some if his hologram. They could just pull his little hologram <laughs> up and they can go. Well, the only person right now, well, two people right now that's just popping out of my head, just for the fact of one has the longevity and the other one has the hit. Both of them, well, both of them have hits, but one has been in the game longer, and that's Drake and Lil Wayne. Mm, yeah, yeah. I guess I, I don't know. Also, I guess when I think versus, because I feel like Little Wayne would more so go against somebody like a Ti. I just, I guess I, I try to compare the music that's more because you know he got that down south like more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess I mean if you're just saying hit for hit, but it just seems like him and Jigga's style is so different. Like, and then Drake. Oh yeah, Drake definitely. Drake definitely. Got some hits like he, yeah. Yeah. Now, if yeah. now, but I feel like nobody would give. I feel like nobody would honestly. It would be so biased. People gonna just say Jigga won, no matter what. Especially I don't know people about that. because because you have so much of the of the younger generation that don't really appreciate Jay Z like that. You know, a lot, a lot of gener- a lot of the younger generation they don't. That's been one of my um, 
um, dislikes for a lot of the young, younger people when I talk when I talk to them, especially like when I'm you know saying um, at work or something, and I, I work with a lot of younger people, is that the hit they don't appreciate history as much as I do. They don't go back and listen to stuff. Like when I say when I like it was this is a true story, true story. We were in this, um, you know, you know, I work in the shoe store and I work at Fox Hills, whatever. And so we had um, Raekwon come in the store. Mm-hmm. And one of, the, one of my one of my uh, people that I work with, she's she just turned 30 this year. Did she turn mm-hmm. yeah, 30 this year, 30 or 31? And she had no idea who he was. Who he was. I said, so I asked her, I said, have you ever heard of Wu-Tang before? Right. She was like, no. And I was going to say, even some of the younger generation who have heard of Wu-Tang, that's all they know is Wu-Tang. They don't know each individual member. Yeah. And I said, if anything, I said, I said okay, you don't know that. So now he didn't let the store. I said, so you don't know who Method Man is. <laughs> that's, she, she had to at least know Method. No. She did not. Wow. She was clueless to I was gonna say that's the one Anything. that most people do. And I'd wow. be messing now, and so after that, I'd be I ask. So now I just come in purposely to ask her about stuff, and she don't be having no clue on none of this. Yeah. And I get this a lot when I ask younger people, and so for me, I'd be like, y'all have more access to history than I did, mm-hmm. and y'all don't take advantage of it. Yeah, but I feel like most people know Jay Z. No, they know them, but I feel like they don't they know. appreciate them as much as yeah. someone that grew up with them. Well, because they, they come from a different generation. They like the mumble rap. To them, that's real rap. And to them, that you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. So they, yeah, I can see them not appreciating as much because his style of music, music, and that's why I think Nas is so slept on. I feel like anybody that doesn't like Nas, they just don't have the mental capacity to understand what he's saying. If you knew, if you listened to his song, I remember one day I was in college and I was headed to class and I was listening to uh, one of his songs. Literally in a four minute track, he summed up everything that I had went to to a college level class (laughs) and my professor taught literally that same day. I was like, wow. Wow. Which most of it I already knew anyway, but still I'm like, this is being taught in a college like African American history class. And Nas just rapped about it in a four-minute song. But a lot of people don't want to hear that. They want to hear about bitches and hoes and gold mm-hmm. chains and, you know, dumb shit like that. Yeah. So. So, yeah, that's why I just feel like uh, a lot of people wouldn't just automatically jump on to say Jay-Z. So you would have a lot of. But then Drake gets Drake. so much hate that I feel like people would still gravitate. Even if they don't appreciate, mm-hmm. truly appreciate Jay-Z, they'll still gravitate towards him because people hate Drake so much. But they could go. I mean, I, I would watch it. I guess. I've never oh, watched it. Let me tell you like but. this. If that, well, you know, if that was to happen, a Jay-Z versus Drake, even a Jay-Z versus Lil Wayne, they would break the internet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That, it would be, I, I think it would be too, so many people tuning in to watch it that it would be it would be worse than Teddy Riley and, uh, and, um, and Babyface. It would be yeah, so many absolutely. problems trying to, trying to watch that. It would break it, man. Absolutely. Yeah. So. I would love to see like a bad boy versus somebody. I don't know who they would go up against. You said bad boys? Yeah. Talking about just the company? Yeah. The like the whole. But I don't know who he could go against. Or like a, a murder no limit versus cash money. 
something now, like that. Um, before we get off of this, uh, the verses and stuff and everything. Now, me and one of my friends, she's a I'm a I'm a Beyonce stand. I, I don't you know <laughs> I don't hide from that. I love me some Beyonce. You know that she can't do nothing wrong to me. But me and one of my friends did have a disagreement on one thing about Beyonce. She, who would you pick? And and this is and this is for me a good argument for you, especially because uh, you grew up in that era. TLC or Destiny Child? TLC. That's who I said all day. All day. All TLC. Day. And I asked her. I said, which which version of Destiny Child? The the five group Destiny Child or the three group <laughs> Destiny Child? Because either one, I'm taking TLC. TLC laid the blueprint. TLC, um, just, uh, Destiny's Child, I don't think anybody was truly just, like, affected by Destiny's Child. I mean, yeah, they had some songs, cool, but TLC was, like, they just changed the culture. Like, like young black girls, like, you wanted to be in that group. Who are you? Chili T-Bods are left out, like, you know, and then they had the versatility, like, you had the singer, you had the rapper, you had, like, TLC, all day. Did you ever? Did you watch the um, the TLC documentary? The more well, the biopic, not the documentary, the biopic with Kiki Palmer. No, Lissador, did I watch that? And a uh, little. Mama. I think I might have saw. I think I may have seen a piece of it. I felt like what did I watch? I may have seen a piece of it. I remember watching something, but whatever it was, I was watching it was actually with. Well, it was Chili and T Boz, and they were flashing back with stuff. With Left so Eye. yeah, I watched that too. That was the documentary but, on Netflix. Yeah, I think I may have seen a little bit, a little piece of the TLC movie, but I didn't watch it. But the biopic, I had just, I watched it twice. I rewatched it actually, I think last week or two weeks ago. I just rewatched it, and um, it was, and it was, it was one of the best biopics I've seen for the fact of in watching it. They the girls did such a good job. It kind of it really made you feel like you was watching them, watching the like real team, watching yeah. the real um, members, and and so it was one of the best, one of the better biopics I I didn't see. You know, I wasn't a big fan of the Biggie, of the Notorious, and um, the two I thought New Edition was amazing. New Edition was an amazing one. That yeah. was a great one, and it just and I feel like with these biopics that we've been seeing, it just opened the door for us to get more. Cause there's so many, yeah. you know, and I wish that, and I'm hoping that we start getting more while the actual artist is still alive. Yeah. And I think that plays a part, a big part in why new edition was so good as well, because they were still around and they had their hands in it. Now, did you see the uh, Bobby Brown? One? Yeah. I liked it. It's only one thing I did not like about the biopic. What was that? It was that it made it made like uh remember the part where him and Whitney was supposed to get married when they was get at the wedding, about to get married, and he walked uh-huh. into the room and she getting high. Yeah. At that point, he looked it so surprised. I'm looking like dog. Yeah. I'm like dog. They made him look now. like an angel. Yeah, they, they definitely made him look like Like she was the which, one that kind of Which I don't know. I mean then that's the thing. You don't know, but the stories that I hear in the beginning, it was always like we felt like he brought her down. And I think it was because he was the bad boy. He had that bad boy persona and Whitney had they made her on camera as this, you know, sweet little girl. Mm-hmm. And then as the story starts unfolding, then it was like, because even when I watched the Whitney Houston, the, the last documentary that she had that came out, 
like Whitney had been getting high for a long ass time. Like they were like she introduced him to it, or really, you know, really kind of put him on it. Um, so when I watched it, I was like, yeah, okay, now I know it wasn't Bobby who turned Whitney out, but at the same time, they made him just seem so like. He was just doing no wrong. Because the only reason that made me feel that way is because when you watch the new edition biopic, it shows him already getting high stuff. That's why he got kicked out the group. Right. But when but when did they get together? Because he was still thought, in the group, wasn't well, he? In the in the in the um in the in his in his one, they didn't get together until after he became a solo artist. He was solo? Oh, okay, okay. So, I mean, I think, I think he, uh, yeah, I think he, I don't necessarily think she introduced him to drugs. I think that she was much more wild. She was, she was doing it more than he was. It, or it definitely just wasn't what we thought, which was that he introduced her to drugs. Because nobody knew she was doing drugs. Hers was on the low at that point. Mm-hmm. But they definitely made him seem like such a sweet angel. I mean, I, I, it's two sides of every story, three sides of every story, whatever. But, um, I think. That, and I do think that he had a lot of love for her. I just think that they downplayed it way too much. Mm-hmm. And that's how I felt about. Um, did you ever see Notorious? Yeah. That's how I felt about that. They made him seem like he was just, you know, saying so much of an angel at times. When I'm like, okay, but I'm, like, I'm like, he he wasn't he wasn't this. You know, saying uh, you know saying perfect as y'all trying to make Biggie out to be? I don't know, though. I mean, I don't think they tried to make him perfect. I don't really know that he was this super, like, gangster dude, though. No, he, I don't believe he was a super gangster dude, but at the same time, when it came to, like, um, when he, uh, like, for example, like, when she caught him cheating and stuff, he wanted to turn, you know, it was supposed to be the with the little song he used to try to sing to her. Like, it made, they tried to make stuff seem like it was just so easy for him to get his way on stuff, you know what I mean? And oh. I don't know. I just felt like I just felt like it, it could have been that they tried to. How can I put it? They didn't want to paint him in so much of a bad light that they they shaped they 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 went away from certain things. I just felt like. Mm. But I think that's hard too when a person is, is deceased because it's like you never really want to talk bad on the dead when they're not mm-hmm. here to defend themselves, especially if it's something that people didn't know about or, you know, something that if something happened that we barely heard about but didn't get the full story and that person isn't there to tell their their version of the story. I think that is kind of hard because because yeah, because it's, I mean, it's, it's like especially if it's something we didn't know or we didn't see, because I never really saw Biggie as like this bad dude. Like, mm-hmm. I never really saw him you know, like, Pac was this rebel. Pac was on some, like, fuck everybody. You, you never saw Biggie as that. So if the biopic came out and yeah. then you saw pieces of that that you never saw while he was here, even if that was the truth, it's kind of like, eh. You know, I think people would kind of look at it a little sideways and then it's kind of like, how much do you really say about somebody that's dead? So, I don't know. So, um, so tell me, what you got, what you got coming up in the works? Um, right now, well, when I went back to LA, I booked a, something that I don't even think I can talk about, um, <laughs> but it's, uh, on pause right now because of the whole COVID-19 situation yeah. anyway. Um, and, but I am looking forward to that whenever that will now be happening. 
And then I'm currently writing my own series um, called Keys to the City, which I'm super excited about because I've never written before. Uh-huh. But it's a different experience. COVID-19 gave me the time yeah. to use wisely. Um, it's a comedic, a comedy, a, a comedic story loosely based on my um, life about me moving to L.A. And um, with acting and comedy. Um, so I sent it over to my producer. And of course, I know I'm going to have to do a couple of rewrites. But um, just excited about filming that and it being my own thing. Um, so I'm hoping, again, I don't know with COVID. I wanted to have it, originally I wanted to have it out by my birthday in October. Now I'm like, I would be fine if I at least get a teaser out mm-hmm. by October. Okay. Which is still up in the air because it's like, is it safe to shoot? Can we shoot? And all of these new, now it's the COVID fee. You got to pay a COVID fee. Like, LA, no, they're going to get their fees in to shoot. So, I'm not sure when I'll start with that. Um, and what else do I have coming up? Everything is so shut down. Um, I'll be on, again, on Fox Soul with Claudia Jordan on Thursday, okay. I believe. I'll post it on my page. But um, typically, anything that I have going on or coming up, I always post on my Instagram page. Um so you guys can check it out there. And my Instagram is it's Keisha dot E I T S K E Y S H A dot E. All right. And I got one one more question before uh, we get up out of here. Mm-hmm. I still wanna I wanna know when you were filming a Fall from Grace. Uh-huh. And what's his what's the uh the main the the guy's name that played the uh the main the main character. Um, oh, Makai um, Brooks. Yeah. When you seen him come out and his hair was looking like that, <laughs> what was your feelings? You know what was so funny is the first day of shooting, they came to pick us up and they, they had picked him up first because um, he was actually staying someplace else. He wasn't staying at the same hotel that I was staying at. And so he was in the front seat, and they picked. It was me and another guy, older white guy, he played a judge. And we get in the van, and I'm sitting behind him. So I'm literally like looking at this hair, and I'm like, "What? The fuck? Like this is this is that dude? This is the LA shit I was talking about? These dudes in LA?" And I didn't know that it was for the character and I didn't know that it was I thought that was just his personal choice for his hair and I was thoroughly confused and I, I had so many questions and I was just like why and who did this and then um, <laughs> and then we got to set and everything and then I realized like oh okay it was it was for for the movie but um it was interesting it was abs- it was definitely interesting interesting at the word Oh, and I almost <laughs> and I almost forgot. So, the story that you told on Instagram about your flight is flight. one part Uh-oh. is one part that I'm trying to get cleared up because I think I might have missed something. Okay. So, this dude that gets on the flight, mm-hmm. and so you're telling me that. He 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 shot his shot at another guy, mm-hmm. and then turned around, and shot a shot at the girl behind. Yes, that's exactly what I'm telling you. This man got on his plane six thirty in the morning. 
lit. Like, came on the plane lit. Last person barely made it through the door. I thought I was the last person to get on the flight. Was like, I'm fucked up. Like, literally said that. Like, I just left the club. I'm like, what club you just left in LA? No club stay open to the six. First of all, everything is shut down because COVID. A man was lit, sat down. They're not, you know, they're not selling the middle seat, social distancing. He sat in the aisle. I, before I could even get my seat, I'm trying to get my seat built together. I, I'm trying to wipe my window down. I'm just, you know, I'm trying to be careful. So I'm minding my business. Before I can even get my seatbelt buckled, he didn't shot his shot at my man in the window. Okay, in 31C. Uh-huh. They already talking. They going to link up when they touch down. What you got going on this week? So I'm like, oh, that, that was shit. That was fast. Okay. Next thing you know, after he wrap it up with him, he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm about to get your number. Get your, you know, a man's needed some wipes. Now, he done been there in the seat now at this point for a couple of minutes. You done touched everything right there, but now he wants some, some wipes, right? So he raises his hand. And says, hey, I'm like, there's a, there's a button for the flight attendant, sir. Okay. So he's like, hey, hey, I need some wipes. And he turned around looking for the flight attendant. First, he was looking, <clears throat> excuse me, straight ahead. Then he turned around. And that's when he's witnessed baby girl who was sitting in seat 30A, who had a mask on, by the way, and a bonnet. So I don't know how much of her you even saw to be attracted to to want to holler, but whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he shot his shot. She witnessed him shooting his shot and that shot going in in 31F. And she still had no problem talking to this young man. So they keep in, they talking, they, what you doing when you touch down, they exchange them. And I am just like, what in the entanglement, what, it, what is happening? So at this point, I normally go straight to sleep on the flight, but now I got to keep up. I got to see what's happening in the story. So I'm like, eat my little cookie and I'm just mm-hmm. like looking back and forth mind you he didn't already said he about to go to his baby mama house so I'm like this is a whole what is happening here and this is why this is what I mean when I say Detroit niggas shoot they shot okay they don't oh, they God. don't care they always mm-hmm. wide open Detroit what? when they hoop they always wide open he pulled up it wasn't even from half court he shot that shot from the locker room he still had his warm up suit on and he said, I'm just going to see what happens. I shoot my shot, but I'm going to lay up and dunk. I ain't, I ain't got <laughs> the, the three-pointer in me like that. That man pulled two numbers, male and female, all the while on his way to his baby mama yeah. house when he touched down. I was done. I was just done at that point. It was too much for me. <laughs> yeah. You got, I swear, you be having the best stories, though, bro. <laughs> you do. But uh, give your Instagram one more time. Uh, my Instagram is it's Keisha dot E I T S that's K E Y S H A dot E. Uh, and y'all know, and y'all know mine, man. It's Brandon Jordan comedy, and that's another episode of Don't Blame Me, Blame Detroit. Um, thank you for coming on, Keisha. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And uh, do it while you in Detroit. You know, I know you're on the uh, you know the healthy tip, but you know you. <laughs> You can get some bread, you know, eat some bread basket for, for my soul, you know, while you out there. Bread basket. I haven't been to bread basket in so long. I haven't actually gotten any of my normal, like, sweet water wings. I'm not doing dairy, so I haven't had any Superman ice cream, um, Asian corned beef egg roll. Like, all of my Detroit, like, staple items, my snacks, my foods, I haven't had any of that since I've been here. You know, well, don't let that or, de- or the last time I came. Well, don't let that devil get you, you know what I mean? I- <laughs> 
you know, it, it's hard. You know, it's so crazy is, is that when I'm here, I be fiending and I have my things. And I, but for the most part, I, I do my best, you know what I'm saying? Do my best to try to stay away and, you know, eat more healthier. But I go to yeah. Detroit, man. Normally, and that's what happens. Normally when I come to Detroit, it's a wrap. But I've been doing really, I did a, a five-day juice cleanse. I just finished Friday and I got to Detroit Saturday. So Saturday was the day that I could start back eating. Well, you had to kind of like ease into solid foods. So you should do mm-hmm. like soups and salads and stuff like that. Um, and I purposely did that so that when I get back to Detroit, it'll help to keep me on track. I'm not going to come off with a juice cleanse and then just go crazy. Right putting bad stuff back in my body after I just took it out or, you know, took some of it out at least. So, um, that, that's helped. I haven't drank anything and I've gone to my cousin's birthday, my homegirl son graduation party. She was like, you might as well go home. I was like, damn, if I ain't drinking, I can't even stay. What? So, sober Keisha is no fun. Is that what you're telling me? So I, I've been doing good. I'm, I'm sticking, I'm sticking to it. That's good. Well, stick with it. And, uh, like I said, thank you for coming on. And I'll holler at you later. All right. Take care. All right. Peace out. Bye. Bye. All right, y'all. Like I said, that's another episode of Don't Blame Me, Blame Detroit. And I'll catch y'all later. Peace out.